ready for the word? Amen, amen. Uh, This week I came across a passage that uh, I preached maybe eight or nine years back and it just stirred my heart. And I felt the Lord say, preach it again, uh, probably from a different kind of, um, I I guess, angle. But but again, it was just something, it's like, oh yeah, I need to be stirred up in that again and just to uh, remember that because, you know, if you think about the last five years, there's been some crazy stuff going uh, going on. I don't even want to mention it, but just uh, this to me was a good reminder. And I'm, I'm really asking the question uh, today is, is, is how do we, how does one ask God? How, how does one, if we're to, if you're here today and you're new to church, you go, well, how do people pray? How do how do we ask God for uh, uh, for something? How, how, how does that happen? And of course, the disciples of Jesus they had the same the same question. And in Luke chapter eleven, they they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray, and He shared with them what we traditionally call the Lord's Prayer. And I I think I've got a slide of that. Why, why don't you join me in it? Ready? Our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. And everybody said, Amen. Jesus immediately then continues to teach his disciples by giving them this illustration. And uh, reading from Luke chapter 11, verse 5, he says, Suppose you, in other words, suppose you, Jevon, suppose you, in. He's, he's putting us in the picture in this illustration. He says, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight. That's a, not a normal time to go to people. I got up this morning, I walked downstairs, and I saw that our door had been open, our front door had been open all all night. And so uh, if you'd have turned up at midnight, you would have been able to walk into our house. Don't do it, please. I will call the police. But the the, the thing is, you know, suppose you, imagine if you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children are in bed, and I can't get up to give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give you the bread because of your friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up. So he's not going to get up because of your friendship, but because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. What do you need? What do you need? And then Jesus goes on to say this, still continuing the teaching. He says, so I say to you, having read that to you, having told you that, story as as i've illustrated illustrated it so i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks 
the door will be open. And then Jesus says this, which of you fathers, if your sons ask for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? Scorpion, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more, everybody say how much more, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so in these few passages of scripture we have just read, Jesus seems to be encouraging us to not be timid or afraid or hold back when it comes to asking God for our needs. In fact, if anything, rather the exact opposite is being encouraged. We're in fact encouraged to shamelessly ask, seek, and knock as we make our needs known to God. The NIV uses the term shameless audacity. Because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Another version says, yet because of your persistence, because of your persistence. Another version says, because of your shameless persistence. Another version says, because of your sheer persistence. Another version, because of your boldness. Another says, because you're not ashamed to keep on asking. Because you're not ashamed to keep on asking. Jesus in Luke chapter 18, of course, tells another parable to illustrate the importance and power of persistent prayer, uh, 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 telling us about how to not give up on the ask. In Luke chapter 18, verses 2 through 8, it says this, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. I like the King James Version of how that verse starts. I believe it's very powerful. It says in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, Then he, Jesus, spoke a parable to them, that men, men, always ought to pray and not lose heart. I want to put a challenge out there. See, ladies, I know you pray. But to every man here, oh, that's the ladies stuff. No, no, to the men. Are there any men in here? (laughs) As you can see, we have a lot of work to do. Are there any men in here? One more time. Are there any men in here? Yes. Men always. Friends, I'm going to tell you, I've been a man for a long time. But one thing I, I, I know, men shy away from this. They, they can build things, they can do things, but when it comes to prayer, oh, that's, the, that's, that's for the ladies. No, not according to my scripture that I read, the men ought to learn how to pray and not to lose heart and not to give up. Men, I want to tell you, for your families, you need to fight. For your families and this generation, for your children and for your children's children, you need to stand up and fight. You need to fight in the spirit. You've got to understand that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Stop being weak. Strengthen up. Gird your loins and pray like a man. Thank you. That's all I'm doing. And I want to tell you, wives, don't poke your husband right now. Don't poke him, that just annoys him. 
that just annoys him. What you do when he steps out and he prays, say, that's awesome. Thank you so much. I feel covered and strengthened. Encourage him. Don't, oh, you, you don't pray like Pastor Adam. No one can pray like me. It's just... I want to encourage every man, take hold of that. Don't think, oh, the spiritual stuff, so I can build stuff, I can make stuff. No, you need to learn to be a warrior in the spirit. You need to learn how to press in and hold on and fight for your family and fight for that which you want to see. You need to learn how to ask God. You need to learn how to persist in prayer. All right, we'll move on. Like Johan said, you know, we seek God, to, we cram in to, oh, I've got exams coming up, I better seek the Lord. And many of us do, and especially men, we treat God like a lawyer. We only call him when he, we're in trouble. Come on, somebody. Don't do it. Learn how to be persistent. Learn how to push in. And so Jesus went to tell and to illustrate the importance and power of persistent prayer and not giving up on the us by saying this. He said, in a certain town, there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow, and she, she was one tough lady, this widow. There was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'm going to tell you, here is a scripture that says you can be a God botherer. It's like, oh, you're a God botherer. Yes, you can be. It is endorsed by scripture. You can bother God. Be a God botherer. I don't fear God or care what people think. Yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. <laughs> He's a wild widow. And the Lord said, having read that, the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, having heard that. And he said, when you, when you understand that, and will not God, if that's what the unjust judge will do, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? There's a question mark there. Will not God do that? Will he keep putting them off? These are question marks he's asking. Having understood that, he's like asking that question. And then he answers the question, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. My brother, my sister, we're to persist in prayer. And of course, this complements what Jesus is saying in Luke chapter 11, that we're to ask and keep on asking, we're to seek and keep on seeking, we're to knock and keep on knocking. Luke 11 verse 8, because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. The definition of shameless is this, lacking any sense of shame, immodest, audacious, insensible to disgrace. Insensible means without one's mental faculties, typically as a result of injury or intoxication. You know when people get, well, you probably don't know because you're Christian, <laughs> but if people drink too much, they lose their inhibitions. He's, uh, th 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 that's what it means to 
To me, that's what he's speaking. We've got to get a bit of shameless audacity. We've got to get insensible about things. The definition of audacity is a willingness to take bold or daring risk with confident or arrogant disregard for personal safety, conventional thought, or other restrictions. Conventional simply meaning what everybody normally does. What do you normally do? And to me, here is what the NIV is saying. Because of your shameless and sensible to disgrace and arrogant disregard of conventional thought or other restrictions, audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. The Reformed theologian A.W. Pink said this, most Christians expect little from God. What are you expecting? Uh, most Christians expect little from God. They, because they expect little, they therefore ask little and therefore receive little and are content with little. Don't be that kind of person. I'm just saying for some of us, we, we perhaps need to, and I guess this is the challenge to today, I'm just saying that for some of us, we perhaps need to lift our bar. Maybe we need a touch of shameless and sensible to disgrace and arrogant disregard of conventional thought or other restrictions or audacity to affect our prayers, to affect our ask. And I agree with Canadian pastor and preacher A.L. Stone, who says large asking and large expectation on our part honor God. They, it honors God. Some of us are just in our Kiwi, you know, tall poppy syndrome. Oh, no, we don't want to, no, no, no friends. Large asking honors God. I was at prayer at Parliament on, uh, what, I can't remember what night it was, uh, Wednesday. Wednesday night, and, and so uh, again, when you are praying in Parliament, the Graham uh, ballroom there, and uh, again, just you, you pray big prayers. You're, it's what you pray in there affects the country, and so you pray pray those kind of kind of prayers. Yesterday, I was at March for Life, and and just going to again, you you're going to pray big prayers because we need to see things change in this nation. Large asking and large expectation on our part honors God. Don't, don't think, oh, well, I just, I'm going to ask. No, no, it honors God. There's an old saying, thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such that none can ever ask too much. Friends, I want to tell you, nothing lies outside the reach of our ask except that which lies outside the will of God. Scottish preacher and scholar D.M. McIntyre said, all the storehouses of God are open to the voice of prayer. And I want to tell you, in those storehouses, there is no lack. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4 verse 19, and my God will supply every need, not every want. This is not why I want that Mercedes. You go and work hard and get your Mercedes. Go get a job. Work hard, get your Mercedes. Do whatever you like. But, but he's, he's, not, he's not talking about providing our wants. He's talking about providing our needs. And friends, can I tell you, not everything you think you need, you need. He knows what you need. He knows what 
what, what if, I, if I give that to you, that's going to take you in a direction I don't want you to go. He knows what you need. And our God will supply. He never runs out. Oh, I don't have enough of that. I don't have enough of this. I'm running it. No, no. My God, your God will supply every need of yours, that which you actually need, according, listen, to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It's for his glory, not yours. Come on. But if B. Meyer said this, the great tragedy of life is not an answered prayer, but an offered prayer. We don't ask. We don't ask. We don't ask. We just don't ask. We just don't seek. We just don't knock. And I'm just trying to say today, maybe for some of us, especially as the new year approaches, this year has gone so fast. But especially as the new year approaches, maybe it's time to readjust our ask. Maybe it's time to reevaluate our ask. Maybe we've been asking little, expecting little, and receiving little. Maybe it's time to adjust our ask. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions we can bring. God's not going, oh my goodness, I'm stressing out about that. He's not, there, there is no lack. He always answers. He answers every prayer. Sometimes with a no. Sometimes uh, no is an answer too. Sometimes you were not always going to get. He knows what we, what we need. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you today. Sometimes the, with the first no, we're encouraged even in these stories to prayerfully persist. And now asking, to keep asking, to keep knocking, to keep seeking, to keep yelling out in midnight. Give me this day my daily bread. Whether we like it or not, Spurgeon said, whether we like it or not, asking is the rule of the kingdom. Asking is the rule of the kingdom. There have been people and Church life over the years, people have asked for certain things and we've been able to do something like the food bank because someone asked. You don't ask, you don't. No, I want to encourage you as the new year approaches, step up your ask. What do you believe in God for? For your family, for your future. He's a God who's able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us so Jesus says so I say to you ask and it will be given seek and you will find knock and the door will be open to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be open now, some of us don't or won't ask we won't ask because we think well why would God hear me in fact, we can often believe it for someone else. I can, I, I can ask for someone else. I can, I, I can believe for someone else, but I don't think God will do it for me. And this is why I love what Jesus went on to next. Maybe you're here today and you're going, well, I, I believe God will do amazing things for them, but I don't think he'll do it for me because somehow we feel not worthy or like we're, 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 we've fallen short. There's nowhere in there that says, hey, if you do that, you can't ask. You can ask. 
That's why I love what Jesus goes on to say. He says, which of you, which of you, which of you fathers? And, and again, these, there are question marks here. He's asking the question, which of you, come on, which of you fathers? Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Which, which of you will do that? Or if he asks for an egg, we'll give him a scorpion. I mean, which of us, like I said, there, there are question marks here. Which of us, the, the answer is none of us would do that. You might show a scorpion because it's cool. Let me go look at the scorpion and then give the egg. But we would never purposely do that. And, and then it says, I, I love it, he, Jesus says, if then... You, though you are evil, like you wouldn't do that. Which of you fathers, well, well you know, we, we wouldn't do that. And he says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? How much more? And can I just say that, because somebody asked me, you know, sometimes... Someone asked me after a service, a couple of guys, they said, look, how do you know when you, when you ask for the Holy Spirit, how do, you, how, how do you know that it's God and it's not the devil and it's not the... And again, because I'm asking my Father. And when I ask my Father for the Holy Spirit, what does He give me? The Holy Spirit. Oh, what if it's the devil? No, no, friend, I'm asking my Father. When I ask Him for the Holy Spirit, He gives me the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying you've got to exercise wisdom and all that. But can I just say that, that these verses are not only about asking for the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because the same verses are repeated in Matthew chapter 7, 7 11. It's a shock. It's a, I don't know if that's biblical Hebrew or whatever. No. 7 11. Listen, listen what it says. When you go into God's 7 11, ask in a world be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which of you if his sons ask for bread will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish will give him a serpent? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven give good things? To those who ask him. Not bad things. He'll give good things. Not everything you want, but good things. He would remember this is not just, again, just as and when they, if the keyboard can come and, and play something nice. <laughs> but remember, it's not just about what you say or what you pray. It's not about, it's not about who, this isn't about who you are. It's about whose you are. Whose are you? You're a son and a daughter. Of the living God. That's why we prayed, our Father, not my Father, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Good things. How much more does he desire to give you good things? That's not what you want. Not just what you want, it's what, what you need. Good things. He will give you good things. That's why Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace 
to help in a time of need. He gets us. He understands us. He, he, got, he understands our battles, our struggles, our fears, our failures. We're sons and daughters. There's that song, what a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a, what a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear, all because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged to take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What do you need? What do you need? Friends, I just want to say it's time to get some shameless audacity. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. And knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened to him. Whether we like it or not, Asking is the rule of the kingdom. Thou art coming to a king, large petitions with thee bring, for his grace and power such that none could ever ask too much. It's time to adjust your ask. Believe God. Stop expecting little. We serve a king, not just a king, but the king of kings. Increase your ask. Start to believe God, that he is able to do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. Would you stand? I want to quickly just, as we come to a close today, I want to ask you, are you right with God? If you were to die today, where would you spend eternity? Life has many choices. Eternity only has two. Friend, are you right with God? Do you need to get right with God? How can you do that? You can ask Him even today. Lord, would you come and be the King of my life? In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer that really just uh, does that, just says, Jesus, come into my life. I want you to be King. I want you to be Savior. And if you're going here today, man, it's like, Pastor, would you include me in, my, in that prayer? You might be going, well, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm, I'm not, you know, Pastor, you just don't know what's going on in my life. Friend, the gospel is not about how bad you are. It's about how good he is. It's what he made a way where there seemed to be no way. We're not saved because we give our life. We're saved because he gave his life. That we can know freedom today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you know you need to get right with God, and you want to be included in that prayer, wherever you're standing, would you just put your hand up and say, that's me, Pastor. Would you include me in that prayer? As I pray today, thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? You know you need to get right with God. Just put your hand way up in the air so I can see it. Hallelujah. You know you need to get right with God. Slip those hands down. All right, let's pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you today, a sinner in need of a Savior. Today I give my life to you. Be my Lord and my Savior. I turn from my sin and I turn towards you. Be with me all the days of my life. This I ask in Jesus' name. Can we put our hands together for those who put their hands up? Keep coming to church.
you're going out, I want you to grab Pastor Ian will be down there. He's got, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we've got a gift for you, a New Testament. We'd love for you to grab a hold of, grab one of those on the way out. And so I've got some church, why don't you just sit down for a second one more time. And we've just got the church announcements that we're putting at the end because of the baptism. So turn your attention to the screens and then I'll pray the blessing. Here's what's coming up in the life of our church. This Christmas, Connect Church is supporting children in need within our community by having a giving tree in the foyer for Birthright Kapiti. We are collecting presents for Birthright until the 17th of December, which they will then collect and give to children in need for Christmas. Gifts need to be suitable for boys and girls aged 11 to 13 years old. Ideas for gifts are rugby balls, books, netballs, journals, pens, games, hair accessories, and bath and shower gels. Please be sure to label your gift, boy or girl, so it gets into the right hands. Wrapped and labeled gifts can be put under the tree on a Sunday or during the week, Monday to Thursday, 9am to 4pm. Let's get together as a church and take part in this initiative to spread joy and make a difference in the life of some precious tamariki this Christmas. Every Monday morning Connect Prayer Group takes place from 6.30am to 7am in the foyer at church. All are welcome and we would love to see you there. Connect's Christmas service will be held on the 17th of December at our usual service time of 9am and 10.45am. Join us for the last in-person service of the year and celebrate the birth of our King Jesus with lots of fun, frivolity and fellowship. There will be bouncy castles, face painting, Mr. Whippy and more. We would love for you to bring along some friends and family who would like to take part in spreading Christmas joy. Connect Church Carpenter is part of the New Life Churches movement that has over 70 churches around New Zealand. We also have a Connect campus in Tawa with the service time of 10.30am. Connect Church is proud to be part of something bigger, spreading the love and truth of Jesus throughout the Wellington region and beyond. At Connect, we have a heart of generosity. God gives so freely to us, and so we honour Him by giving freely back with a cheerful heart to help build His kingdom here on earth. If you would like to give and sow into what God is doing throughout Connect, you can do so by scanning the QR code on the screen, heading to the Connect website, using the envelopes on the Koha boxes or the EFPOS and credit card facilities from guest services. If you're looking for a church to call home, we would love to welcome you into the Connect Vano. Take a Connect card located at guest services or at the back of the auditorium, fill it out and hand it into guest services or the cafe and one of the team will be in touch. Stay up to date and connected with all that's happening in the life of Connect Church through our website, Instagram, and Facebook pages. Enjoy the rest of the service and have a blessed week ahead. Why don't you stand? Let me pronounce this blessing over you. And again, if you need prayer for anything after the service, over to the side, there is a prayer station there, people ready to pray with and for you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you 
and give you peace. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, I enjoyed that sermon. I'd like to buy you a cup of coffee. (laughs) 